0: Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart. Maddie D got caught in some shore traffic, so I brought on Greg the Prophet Piatelli in his triumphant return to the podcast. We talk this past week of the Major League Baseball season, hand out some player awards, talk about the Carolina League and our minor league segment. We also do stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, crazy baseball fans, and then we give our previews for both the NBA and Stanley Cup finals. So you're going to want to stick around to hear that. As always, please go like, share, and subscribe to the podcast, Thunderblog Sports, on both Facebook and Instagram at ThunderBLG on Twitter and we are on iTunes so please go subscribe there and if you do have any stadium snacks, bleacher creatures or any stories you want to hear us talk about please DM it or just mention us on Twitter and we will give you a shout out but until then enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the bullpen cart Happy Memorial Day to everyone! I am the G-Man Jordy of Cal- Jordy Cannell, as always. And this week, I've got the man, the myth, the legend. I just simply know him as the Prophet, Greg Piatelli, What's going on, man? You know, it was uh, a
1: couple days off from the and uh, Now that it started again, but, uh, pretty excited for it. We had the NCAA Lacrosse Championships this weekend, and. Uh, you know, good weekend in sports.
0: Yeah, it was a fun weekend. We uh, I watched the semifinals. I did not watch the final today. I was flying back from North Carolina. But uh, Maryland won, correct?
1: Maryland won the national title
0: for both men and women. Ooh. Shout out to Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, uh, And then uh, Indy 500 as well. And uh, the Coca-Cola 600, I believe it was. That was also in Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> but that Indy 500, did you see the crash?
1: No, no I the Know nothing about racing, nor did I watch anything about anything
0: Was it bad? Yeah, you have to go look this up. If you haven't seen this crash, uh, one guy, I also know nothing about racing, but I guess, and it makes sense, there's certain parts of the track that everybody's run over so much that they have more traction. And if right. you lose control of the car and go into the non traction parts, you really, it's almost like sliding on ice, I think, because they're going over 200 miles an hour. So one guy does that, hits off a wall, comes back through, and one guy hits his backside and takes off into the air and then he's doing a flip and hits the side netting on basically where the cockpit is of this car because they look like jet engines and starts doing a side spin and his car basically blows up yeah you see like they're fireballs and somehow this guy walked out of it which no problem. yeah no problem at all uh yeah. but it, it was intense i mean go look up the highlight if you haven't seen it uh, it's all over Sports Center. I saw it on the news while I was at the airport this morning. But Greg, it's it's been a while since we we've gotten you on the pod. What's going on? How's everything?
1: I know. I'm excited to be here. You know, things are going well. Um. You know, my uh, my cousins are playing currently playing a high school national championship tournament right now. They're in the semis uh, against or I believe the semis, against the Hill Academy. So.
0: Oh, Hill? Hill, Hill. School, like in PA?
1: Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's the PA one or the one in Canada, but I, it would make sense to be the one in PA since...
0: National Championship?
1: Yeah, it's America, it's, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah,
2: yeah, Things going well. Like I said, Stanley Cup underway.
1: Uh, things are starting
0: to heat up, and the Red Sox made a long run this week. So yeah, let's uh let's get right into it. Hot and cold teams. Greg, I will start with you. Are the Red Sox your hot team? The Red Sox are not my hot
1: team. Ooh. Um, so my hot team is is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Ooh. Um. You know they've five. Win streak five in a row here. Yep. You know, big gain us some ground on the Rockies. Only a half game back Um, as of right now, currently. Could be different by the time whenever whoever listens to the podcast uh, looks it up.
0: We're recording this on Monday night in the middle of game one of the finals. Uh, Pittsburgh just scored a second goal. And if you want to uh, try to timestamp that, it's about 9 o'clock. L.A. did play today and win, so they capped their five games off.
1: Yeah, so, you know, they've been doing well, uh, a little hot streak recently. Uh, like
0: I said, you know, they had that big crash in the outfield, uh, what was that, earlier this week? Yeah, a little earlier this week, and then didn't really seem to phase a ton of them, because uh, they had a sweet outfield assist today uh, in trying to run on, uh, what's the left fielder's name, Corey, the rookie, right? yeah Yeah. Uh, he uh, he has an arm, and really, yeah, I mean, St. Louis is in a weird spot, um, but we'll we'll potentially come back to them, but that's a great pick. You actually snagged mine. L.A. is a great pick. One of my, I don't really have an affiliation towards them, but I always have a special place in my heart. My grandmother was a diehard L.A. Dodgers fan, and uh, my two experiences going to L.A., Going to Dodger Stadium with there were a uh, good time. Uh, nine years ago now that was.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, good times. Yeah. Got oh, my,
1: other one, my other one would be, uh, if you really picked the same team,
0: the Astros. Yeah, that was going to be the one. I, that was my backup one.
2: There
0: you go. <laughs> got it. Yeah, the Strohs, also winners of five. They uh, had a big win today in a... Nearly football-like score, which uh, could be believable with the Houston Texans of 16 to eight over the Minnesota Twins.
1: Well
0: played. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I know some things, but was,
1: was there. Was Sam yeah. Bradford one of the Vikings in
0: Yeah, might as well have been. Yeah, that's a really good point. We uh, we're, we might might be uh, uh maybe able to make the pivot to football. But. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, the, the Strohs had a nice little win today of 16-8. Uh, to 8. They are winners, also winners of their last five games, winners of seven of their last ten. And Houston is in a pretty nice spot right now. We've talked about this. i never really gone too deep into it, but they're currently up 10 on both the Rangers and the Angels, both of whom are a game below 500. And the Strohs are are where you want to be at this point in the season with a plus 74 run differential. And they're one of the only teams in the American League to not let up over 200 runs, which is about that June 1st sort of pole that you want to be at. Uh, Along with them are the Yankees and the Indians.
1: The Indians you might expect with the pitching staff they have. And the Yankees you might not expect
0: just because... You and I both questioned the end of the, their bullpen, or not their bullpen, of their rotation. Well, actually, I did. You
1: didn't. I was going
0: to say, Jordy, yeah. don't,
1: don't misremember history here.
0: Yeah. The prophet.
1: Uh, I did say the Yankees would be top two in the East.
0: And you you were right. You were right. I'm, uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not forgetting. I'm like an elephant. <laughs>
1: um, no, another thing about Houston bringing it back here, you know, their division – I mean, it's hard to say something's won in, in before the first day of June, but yeah. they're, ten ga- they're 10 games up on the next closest team. So every other division is somewhat in play. You know, Houston has, with the exception of the NL East, you know, I think national the Nationals are starting to take off a little bit. But, yeah. you know, Houston, Houston really is um, in a great spot, as you mentioned. And, you know, their league, their division isn't great. And Seattle has really underperformed, and the Rangers have underperformed. So, you know, on one level, that's a blessing for the Astros because
0: not only are the, they the second hot team of the week, but also 10-game lead in their division. So. Yeah, and I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head that you can't win it in May slash June, but you can definitely play your way out of it. And I debated having the Mariners as one of my cold teams and they certainly played, seemed like they were playing their way out of it and then trying to claw their way back in. Uh, but, I mean, they're three of their last ten in terms of wins. They're terrible on the road. They're actually pretty good at home. But they're barely playing it at, in Seattle. Uh, so, I mean, you could see a renaissance in June. But, I mean, Houston is, is certainly putting themselves in a good spot, especially against a Orioles team that's been great. So far, but they've run into a bit of a wall. Uh, I don't know if I'm stealing a cold team from you. But let's move right into that. Uh, Greg, who do you got for cold teams?
1: The good old uh, world series, reigning world series champion, the Chicago Cubs. Ooh. No Cubs, no. They've lost four straight games. Putting them back at 500. Yep. uh, Dropping them from the division lead to third place.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they guess tied per second, but they're 500.
1: Um, the central doesn't look great, but, which is sort of helping the Cubs right now, but a little World Series hangover, and uh, you know, this week especially, four in a row. It's a tough week. Four and six in their last ten. Or sorry, so, uh, yeah, four
2: wins, six losses in their last ten. That's uh, for me. That, that screams cold.
0: Yeah, they certainly are. I and mean, it's it's weird that their bats are kinda up and down, but their pitching's been really, really tough to watch at times. Um, I personally have Jake Henrietta on my team and he's not automatic like he had been. Uh, and it's just it's it's been rough in this in some of the Cubs games I've seen. It's they're in a weird spot and they need to figure something out quick. I mean the Brewers aren't really going away at the moment. The Cardinals are in a; they're also in a weird jam. That's my cold team of the week. Um, but I mean, the Cubs are only a game and a half out, which is a, a good sign. But you know, you're, all, you're only three games over 500 at Wrigley Field. You're, you know, only scoring 230 runs, which sounds like a lot, but when you look at the other teams in their division, the Brewers are at 259, the Reds are at 250 and I mean you look at other divisions and they're not even close to keep to keeping up there so I mean the old adage you can't win if you can't score you know that's that's coming coming against you especially when you run differentials five at this point last year it was much higher yeah and and,
1: you know it starts with their pitching you know their pitching is sort of underperformed, but that goes along with their defense you know the defense hasn't looked great um and you know it's you don't want to say losing a guy like with uh, the Dexter Fowler, right?
2: Yeah. You
1: don't want to say losing a big locker room guy like that would affect the team this much, or David Ross, for that matter. Uh, it Seems like his loss is affecting the pitching staff. Um, but you know, it's it's early, as we mentioned with the hot teams, but um, and not time to hit the panic button, to say the least, for the Cubs, because then the end day, they have enough talent to. To make a run at some point, it's just a matter of when. Um, but, you know, certainly for the cold team of the week, uh, I think it's a good pick. And as far as the Orioles go, as you were talking about, um, you know, the minus six run differential, three and seven last ten, like, you know,
2: you you, you nailed it. You know, they're not uh, – they, they went from leading the division to third. So Yeah.
0: And they – I mean, the weird thing is that their bats are even more – On and off than the Cubs are because they've only scored 216 runs, which is, I mentioned that 200 mark that you want to get to, and every team except for the Royals have been able to accomplish that in in the AL. But of all teams that are at least around 500, and I say around because there's a few teams that are a couple games under, uh, the, the Royals being, or the Orioles being a couple games over, most of them are at 230 and have allowed around 200 runs. And the Orioles are in a negative run differential. That's just not a good spot to be in. Yeah, no, and, and, you know, it's tough because
1: we mentioned it in our preview. um, You know, I wouldn't say the starting pitchers there, but, you know, they have decent pitchers, and their bullpen's obviously good, but um, offense is always going to be an issue and always something that, you know where are the wins going to come from? Where is the pop going to come from, especially in uh, you know Camden Yards? There.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's tough to do. Uh, you can get some luck if you're playing fantasy or anything like that of picking one, but it's it's literally picking one. One player is going to do all the offense on any given night, and they can get it going. Great, it can help make up for your pitching, but it can only last so long. And you're more likely than not going to see what you're having out of the Orioles. But yeah. but uh, let, let's move on to the Individual Player Awards. We'll start with the Roy Hobbs Rookie or MVP of the Week. I'm confusing my movie characters, Greg. Who do you got, MVP? MVP
1: of the Week? Um, are you still there? I am here. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, so I had a couple. Okay. Um so for me, um, start out Jose Abreu Okay. Now I think you know last seven games he's had done fairly well for the White Sox. The team itself has done well. Um, you know, starting out you know with his, just his power numbers alone, um RBIs in the last week. Uh, you know, he had about Looks like eight RBIs or six RBIs this week. Um, you know his, his numbers are there. His average is up over the last week compared to the rest of the season. Um, but I want to switch it up because there's a, a lot of pitching players there's I mean, a lot of position players. Um, you know, Irving Santana would be my pitcher of the week, but um, you know I want to I give give some love to the to the bullpen guys. Yeah. You know, I feel like uh, we don't really hear much.
0: Not uh, much on that end though, for the bullpen guys, no. No, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, who do you got out of, out of the pen? Um, well, you know,
2: I was gonna pick Tanner Burke from Washington. Mhm. Uh, but you
0: know, he went he went ahead and uh today had a little, little bit of a rough outing today. A little bit of a hiccup. A
1: little bit of a rough outing today. A little bit. But he's also, is he a starter?
0: He's a yeah,
1: he's not a bullpen
0: guy, is he? Yeah, he's a starter. I just thought you were going to say that was going to be your pitcher of the week, and then you're changing up. No, <laughs> uh, I I i more a challenge to you to give, to find
1: a, a, bullpen, a bullpen guy. guy. As we said, and as I said, you know, we always give
0: it to position players, and always give it to. Well, the position player is usually the the MVP, or really, I guess for us, we've done position players. We haven't really done pitchers in the MVP category. Um, but yeah, I'll do my MVP quick and then I'll give you, I'll do the, I'll do a bullpen guy for, uh, my Billy Chapel, but I'll do, I'm going to give my, my, yeah, MVP of the week to Charlie Blackman of the Colorado Rockies, who, yeah,
1: great pick.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's great for the non-Philadelphia fan. It was a nightmare for the Philadelphia fan. He... Hit two bombs last Tuesday against the Phils, and proceeded to hit another one this weekend. He uh, is a dark horse MVP candidate at the moment, but three homers in the last week, 12 ribbies, batting 400. That's uh, 12 hits and 30 ABs. Walked a couple times, stole a couple bases, struck out a little bit, but you, you expect that when you see a, see a bit of power numbers. Nice OPS of uh 1219, which comes behind Jordy Mercer who spells his name incorrectly uh, for the (laughs) highest on the week uh, well Lucas Duda has pretty high but we don't like to talk about Lucas Duda Um, (laughs) another guy that kills the Phillies Uh, but yeah that's mine there Charlie Blackman you always hear with those Colorado players of what the uh, course field does for their stats but the Rockies were
2: in Philadelphia all week, uh, and I believe they were away uh,
0: during the weekend as well. But regardless, he still hit two home runs in a in on the road. Uh, great, it's still hit, hit a hitter friendly park that is Citizens Bank, but I mean, three home runs in seven days is no small feat.
1: No, by no means.
0: But uh, you know, let's—I'll do my Billy Chapel. I got it picked out right now for you, Greg. I'm gonna give a guy that uh, that gets a little love on on both sides of the bullpen. Love four appearances, three holds, and one save, and that goes to a one Will Harris of wow. the Houston Astros. Your or my hot team of the week.
2: Yeah,
1: that's uh, you know, Jordy. Great pick. Great yeah. pick. You no, know, I challenge. I challenge the. Uh, I challenge the, boat, the uh, baseball expert, and he delivers.
0: The man that drives the cart—that's me. <laughs> All
1: right, listen. If that's not the greatest uh, tagline slogan, I don't know
0: what is. <laughs> no, I think the I am the man? I am the one who knocks is a
1: little better. The man who drives the cart. <laughs> I love it. What about you? Who do you got for pitcher of the week?
0: Yeah, pitcher of the week.
1: Irving Santana.
0: There you go. Oh.
1: Right, another pitcher. Uh, so two starts. Yep. First, uh, first one on the twenty third versus Baltimore. Went nine innings, two hits, uh, six strikeouts, uh, no earned. Complete game. Pretty there it is. Uh, yeah. I don't know about you, but I'd say that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. And then uh, the 29. So that would be today, right? Yep. uh, Quick math in my head there. Uh, You know, he did all right. Two runs, only one of them earned. Went seven innings. There you go. uh, Six strikeouts again. But, um, you know, overall in the season, he's got a 1.75 ERA, seven wins for a Twins team that, you know, it's not great. So, uh, you know, he's certainly doing well. And,. uh, he had a great week, so that's my uh, intro of the week.
0: It's a good pick. I, I like that a lot. Um, if I had done starter, uh, if I kept my starter, I would have gone with uh,
1: Josh Tomlin, who... By the way... How can you let me get away with the
0: Twins aren't doing well when they're in first in their division? Come on, Jordy. It was a test. You failed. Uh, I I was going to – I forgot to address that. I was going to say they're doing a little better than uh, not so good.
1: I tested you and Uh, you failed. Ah, it Uh, happens. All right. Sorry, Uh,
0: go ahead. I was just going to say I'd pick Josh Tomlin who – well, he didn't have the the big high strikeout numbers. He still had – that shut down stuff this week, uh, less than one whip and over 15 innings pitched, which is pretty impressive. Uh, same with in, in who's really led the charge back uh, after a really shitty year last year in, in yeah. Arizona. But let's do rookies. Henry Rowan garner
1: Listen, Tomlin's was a great pick, um, and I agree. Granke certainly is up there, but... Yeah, I think I think I'm happy with the choices you
0: made. I think so too. You got to stay with your gut. Thanks, man. But rookie of the week, Henry Rowan Garner. Greg, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, Cody Bellinger.
0: Yeah, there he is. I could not remember his last name before, but the man with the arm.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's, he's doing well on the year. Um, you know, he's uh 271 average, but. You know, recently, uh, this week specifically, uh, a couple games, multiple multiple RBI games. Uh, he strikes out a lot, which mm-hmm. is uh, a big negative. Big negative. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, like I said, he's got a couple RBIs. And, uh, you know, he, he does a lot for that team. Like you said, defensively, he's up there. And uh, my other rookie of the week is a bullpen guy. There you go. If I'm going to challenge the host, I'm going to uh, follow my own rules, right? Yep. Uh, so, gonna guy out uh, of Seattle, James Pazos. Good pick.
0: Oh, you've heard of him. I have. Tell me about uh, him. Tell us, tell us all about him.
1: So, he's uh, pitched in five games this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got three strikeouts, but
0: zero runs and only two hits. So I'd say it's pretty impressive. Some good shit. Good five
1: shit. Five two hits. Yeah, that's
0: uh, pretty pretty good. Good shit, Marogi. Yeah, you, you know he's um, he's held he's held in uh, four of those five games. So would you say I he's another jar to put into the into the or another bean to put into the jar of Billy Beans? I keep fucking that up. <laughs> Listen.
1: If I'm gonna challenge you about the about the relief pitcher, I gotta uh, go ahead and
0: show off for my man. But uh, we'll add that to the jar. Yeah, Cody
1: Bellinger, uh, Cody Bellinger would be uh, my. Uh, yeah, we're gonna.
0: I like the I like the little shot to the bullpen. But my yeah, guy.
1: it is it is the bullpen card. And that's I true. Was noticing, I was noticing noticing lack of bullpen talk from. Uh, that's true I had to to go ahead and and show up for those guys out in in the outfield
0: that's why we bring you on Craig you keep me in check but but Matt wasn't allowed to do the NL East (laughs) but my rookie of the week is Hunter Renfro the San Diego Padres hey Yeah. nice little week for Hunter good for you pal
2: yeah
0: Run for your life. I think that was Matt's last week, but he still had a great week again. He uh, went 8 for 21, which equates out to a 381 batting average. Had three doubles, which led all rookies behind uh, JT, or tied with JT Riddle of the Miami Marlins. He also had a homer, one RBI, stolen base, a couple walks. uh, Struck out a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, He's he's young. He's learning. But nice little OPS of over 1,100. Uh, the Padres also have uh, Alan Cordova, uh, who, who also had eight hits. Had a higher batting average because he had, had a lower batting average, excuse me, because he had more RBI or more at bats, but not as nice of a production week. No, no ribbies, no really extra base hits. So Renfro's my guy, but the Padres, I mean, a lot's been said in the last couple of years about all the different trades they've made and trying to go for the winning now and trying to trying to rebuild from basically nothing. And, and this is a good sign for the future
1: for them, especially
0: in a very loaded division. It's something they need. Yeah, no, listen, that's a great pick. And, and like you said, he's been good all year. Um, and I think it's hard to go through this category
1: without mentioning Aaron Judge again. Yeah. at his first Grand Slam of the season, or his career rather, but, you know. Yeah, he had today. He had two. This
0: week? Yeah, well,
1: you won this afternoon. I think that, uh, well, maybe we're talking about the same one.
0: I don't think it was a slam, but...
1: Oh. Yeah. Just a home run. All right, anyways. Yeah. But the point is that, you know, the kids on fire He's doing great. Um, you know, he made another play there in the outfield, but uh, quite frankly, it's been, uh, been a good for year for him, and uh, Ben and Teddy starting to find his swing again and stroke, and... But it's hard to go through this category without mentioning him. We could say him every week, but yeah, I, I give 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 respect where respect is earned, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it would be a great pick. Like you said, we want to uh, we want to teach you something here every week. We don't want to just say, "Oh, Aaron Judge is good," because everybody's going to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on. Minor leagues. This week, we are staying in Advanced Class A, or A+, Plus, if you want to abbreviate it. We're moving on to the Carolina League, which, Greg, what movie features the Carolina League?
1: Ooh. Um, let's see. Do you want a hint? I mean...
0: I didn't say the name of the award.
1: On purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to plug in the movie. I, I know, I know uh, Crash Davis.
0: Yep, what movie is he from?
1: Yep. Um, let's see. Oh, that's a good one. Jeez Louise.
0: This is the second time I've stumped a up. co-host with this question. Bull Durham! Yep, there you go. There you go.
1: Listen, listen, just give me a second, all right?
0: Well, so, so the Durham Bulls currently are not in the Carolina League. In the movie, they at the time were. Uh, They've since moved up to triple-A. Yeah, a little fun fact for you. But, uh, yeah, so for instance, Joe Morgan played for the Durham Bulls when he was in, uh, when it was still a double or a single-A league on their way up. But they've now since become a triple-A team. I think they did that in the 90s. Uh, Both the Upton brothers came through there, if I remember correctly, um, one of them was the guy that threw the bat 10 years ago at the umpire from the dugout. Oh yeah. That. Um, but this league, it still has, it still has, uh, 10 teams in it. It just expanded I think this year or last year. Uh, so you got teams that, you know, just like the other leagues, they help fill out the, you know, advanced a level for all the, all the different teams a lot of teams around this area. Some teams out in the West get a little love, but got the Red Sox single A team, the Salem Red Sox, that's Salem, Virginia, not Salem, Massachusetts, the Lynchburg Hillcats for the Indians, Wilmington, Blue Rocks for the Royals, the Frederick keys. That's the Baltimore Orioles, Potomac nationals. That sounds pretty obvious of who that's for. Um, the Buoys Creek Astros, again, obvious. Myrtle Beach Pelicans, uh, which is the Cubs. Carolina Mudcats for the Brewers. Down East Wood Ducks, almost read that as Eastbound and Down Ducks for the Texas Rangers. And the Winston-Salem Dash for the White Sox. I know a couple of these teams have changed their names in the last couple of years. Like we've talked about a lot, keeping up with that, ch- that trend of teams making their uh, nicknames unique. Uh, the big one the big one I always like to go to is the Binghamton Mets changing their name to the uh shit, I forgot the actual name. But it has something to do with uh, with all the different merry go rounds that are in Binghamton, New York.
1: Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to Wood Ducks. I'm going to Wood Ducks as the uh, the name of the, the name of the league here.
0: Name of the league? Yeah, that's a good one. I might uh, I might go with the Blue Rocks as, you know, just a little a little bias, having gone to a number of Blue Rocks games as a kid. Uh, significantly cheaper for for TE Middle School to get a school bus to drive to Wilmington, Delaware, and go to a single A baseball game than it would be to drive to South Philadelphia and go to a Phillies game. So that was something we had going for us.
1: Do you think the feather keys is like a like a key on a keychain? Let's
0: uh let's investigate a little a little bad radio for a second when I. Explore. uh, I can tell you in a second. Frederick Key's, their logo is. Oh, I think it's the. uh, Like an island? Yeah, I think so. Their logo is like palm trees. Um, Oh, no, you know
1: what it's for?
0: Listening? It is for. Their team mascot is Frank Key for. Francis Scott Key, who is a native of Frederick County, and Francis Scott Key, of course, is the writer of the National Anthem. So those aren't palm trees. Those are fireworks. Wow. Those are they're the rocket's red glare.
1: Jordy. That yeah. was hot. Nice job.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, we all learned something today.
1: The G-Man. Yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> You've been challenged twice in this podcast, and uh, both times you delivered.
0: Yeah, that, I think I'm more proud of this one than I was of the,
1: the bullpen guy. I was,
0: I was just looking at, at some some basic stats. This was a little bit of uh, investigated journalism. Yeah, I mean, I
1: tripped you up on the, uh, I tripped you up with the with the other one, but uh, you came in clutch.
0: I'm two and one.
1: It's, came in clutch.
0: It's good for baseball.
1: Listen, but, you, can, uh, you can play my team any day.
0: He'd be my wingman any day. You see they're making a second one, by the way? Top Gun 2, for those unaware. I'll blame him when I see it. Yeah, that will be interesting. Uh, but, let's give out our award. The Minor League Player of the Week, the Crash Davis Award. Greg, who do you got?
1: Well, I think we're the same guy. Okay. For those out there we talked about it before, since, uh, my knowledge on Minor League isn't as expensive as Jordy's, and, uh, You know, when you told me we were doing the Cowan League, I obviously went to the Salem Sox. Uh, Hard not to go to the Red Sox. Um, And, you know, they got a guy on there, uh, Michael Chavez, who has been absolutely tearing the cover off the ball this year. Uh, He's got a slugging percentage of 695, which is pretty good. You know, pretty good. Unfortunately, he's got 35 strikeouts, but,
0: you know, He's young. He's learning. It's okay. Um, But, you know, 41, 30 eyes and 357 average is pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I, um.
1: 12 homers.
0: Yeah, that's. It leads the league. Uh, I was going to go with the guy that's batting right behind him in both average and in homers. And that is Ryan Montcastle of the Frederick Keys. He uh, has 65 hits. He's played eight more games than Chavez. So he gets a little bit of an advantage there. But his batting average is, is uh, 25 points below at 332 11 homers, 35 ribbies. He uh, actually has a few more doubles than Chavez does, but because of those eight extra games, he has 42 more at-bats. So that's why his... Average slugging percentage and on-base percentage is lower. Oh, oh. There's, some, there's some math off there. 42 more at-bats for eight games? Uh, what is that? It's...
1: Well, oh, maybe not.
0: Yeah, that's like five at-bats. Um, yeah, which does sound a little fishy. Maybe Travis Ch- might have a couple pinch-in appearances. That's a little too much journal- investigative journalism for us to, to figure out tonight, though. Um... <laughs> Okay, yeah. yeah, but that that's why the num- the numbers are are here. But yeah, I mean the the uh, the keys are for those that didn't catch it before. They're the Orioles minor league team. Uh, so the Orioles, I mean, we've been giving them a little bit a little bit of shit tonight, but I mean they're in a good spot in terms of their minor league system. You want to see some pitchers come up? I think we talked about that in our preview from that way back when. Um, but you know, this is, it's pretty good. I mean, obviously a lot of this is a couple years out, but when, but when you have, if you look at their top, the top five batters in the league in terms of average and three of the, three of the five are on your team, you're, you're in a good spot. Love it. Love it. But let's move on. Moving on. Let's do, um, a little Red Sox talk. We haven't done this with you before, Greg. We uh I think we briefly touched on them, but you challenged me a little more at the Phil's but I want to get your takes on the Red Sox. All right. Um you know, David Bryce came back today, pretty good start. Pretty good start, only went five, but first start out of uh, you know, in the majors for the year.
1: Um, had a couple minor league starts. But you know, Chris Sale going, going tomorrow or the day after back in Chicago, but you know, quite frankly, the future is good. Um, the big issue with the Red Sox is their power numbers—not a lot of home runs and and, and uh, not a lot of guys to hit on runs. You know, yeah. so it's one of those things where they started to play small ball. They started to draw some walks. You know, bump some guys over, hit some singles, string some some opposite field uh, takes here and. They're starting to find ways to produce runs, and that's something they weren't doing at the beginning of the year. They're starting to help out their pitchers more. Um, you know, Ivan Rodriguez looked pretty good all year so far. Uh, Drew Ponderance is very inconsistent and most times not great.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: um, and then you turn around and, and you look at, obviously, Chris Sale is doing his thing. And uh, so it's it's... Inconsistent is the word to use, but recently more than that, I think they're starting to find their identity, and I think they're starting to learn how to play
2: their style of baseball. You know, they're not the same team as last year, and they can't rely on
1: mashing the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think they're going to hit a run. I think they're going to get a little streaky as the Red Sox do every year, and uh, they're in a good position, sitting second. Behind a young Yankees team that is bound to fall off as rookies do. Um, and hopefully that happens sooner rather than later for the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is the player that the to start off the most for the Red Sox? Two guys. Okay. Uh, Hanley Ramirez. Mm hmm. You know, he was expected to do a lot in terms of their power numbers. Uh, But he's a big double guy, and he he hasn't really hit a lot of those. The other guy is, which is unfair because he is so young and raw, but Mookie. You know, he had an MVP caliber season last year, and I know, you know, you got Ortiz and and Hanley Ramirez behind you, that helps, but uh, the numbers haven't been there for him like they were last year, and he just needs to get on base and start using his speed for the positive
0: yeah, I'm looking at his numbers now. He's his slash line is two seventy-four, 3e55 and four seventy-nine, which isn't terrible. Uh but he I agree. He needs to he needs to get a few more hits. I mean he's close to leading the team in doubles, which Mitch Moreland of all guys is is doing that. But he's leading the team in homers, which is good and and yep, and he's with thirty
1: one. I homers is yeah.
0: He has eight homers.
1: Right. That's a terrible Yeah, game.
0: he needs more
1: yeah, he's been especially, especially hitting where he's hitting in the order. Yeah, um, and you know, Mitch Moreland has been great. He is the doubles leader, and he has been doing he has been doing great with that. But um, you know, they can't rely on Mitch Moreland. Yeah, exactly good, I was about right? to say
0: you want yeah. Hanley, you want Mookie, you want Bogarts. Um, is the did the Pedroya MRI stuff come back, or is that not happened yet? I think. Uh,
1: yeah, that happened today. For those who don't know, yeah, if you want to, to uh, you want to give a little thing, but that happened today. The Red Sox, uh, Dustin Pedroia, went down with a big wrist injury. Um, they said he's going to flying to Boston. After yeah, tomorrow. he's flying back tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, he uh, he got an MRI after the game in Chicago, and he flew back to Boston. after the MRI, which means that they're looking for team doctors in Boston to uh to confirm what they saw in Chicago. Yeah. Because apparently Chicago may not be as good as the ones here in uh, the Great Commonwealth.
0: Well, the Great Commonwealth is Pennsylvania, Greg. Let's uh, let's not let's not confuse the listeners.
1: The, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Uh, ever heard of it?
0: Well, we we are also a Commonwealth. Well, let's just yeah. agree
1: we're at least one and two. Kentucky doesn't
0: beat us. So
1: there's this thing called, uh, you know. <laughs> Boston being uh, the start of the revolution.
0: And where did the revolution technically end? Where did America. Where was America America birthed? Well, where was the Declaration written up? Wasn't that in Connecticut? I was going to say, because you can't sign it. Just because they signed it in Philly doesn't mean it was created there, buddy. Uh, I mean, it was written by a Virginian, and Now, now we're including too many states.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, uh, let's not get Virginia in on
1: this. Philadelphia can't hold, Philadelphia can't hold the uh, they signed in here just because it's a central location. You know, at uh, least, I, at least the radicals up here in Boston started it, you know? They did the little uh, tea party, revolt, uh, you know, it, it, anyways, yeah. off topic.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Way off. That's
0: us, that's us attempting to talk history.
1: No, but no. Quite frankly, you know, Carroll's looked good for Red Sox. They're both Yeah, he's been great. Um, you know, and and the starting pitching is coming along, and, and with Price back, and he looked good today. But that's not a guarantee. But he he's back. Um, I'm excited to see where they go. You know, yeah. they're they're definitely. We talked about it last time I was on. They haven't been healthy all at the same time. Yeah. Know? They start, you know, price started today, and you thought, okay, everyone's back, and then Boudreaux goes down. Yep. So it's and, and they they say that Hanley's been battling something all year, which is why in the National League parks he didn't play first a lot, and they brought up a first baseman. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things, Jordy, where injuries can really really turn a season for the negative. With all the hype, uh, you know, you look at the Mets. And they're
0: starting pitching, and it's just one of those things, man. Just one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, i glad we got your thoughts. Uh, I think they're definitely uh, – I think they're probably in one of the better spots in terms of uh, a third-place team, a non-division leader. I th- or, yeah. No, they're in second now, aren't they? Yeah, let's not – they're in second here, pal. Sorry, I, I apologize. Um, but let's uh, – I wanted to stave it off as much as possible, Greg. But let's let's get let's get at it. The Phillies had a really shitty week. They will not have won a series in
1: the month of May, which is terrible. That's not great. I'll tell
0: you that. That's not that's not how you rebuild. That's not how you rebuild. It's been a rough rough week. Uh, I alluded to Charlie Blackman. The Phillies almost get swept in a four game series. They. Stave it off in a 13-inning game on Thursday, on Thursday afternoon in Philly. Uh, the Reds come into town, and I think thrice the Phillies take an early lead, and uh, twice they end up losing. Uh, they're currently losing to the Marlins 4-1, heading to the top of the ninth inning. Who knows about Miami's bullpen? But it's the Phillies are in an interesting predicament, if you will. You
1: think losing Clint Buckholes would have helped them? Yeah, right?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: they, um, so, when do you think they bring up their stud? Which one? The, uh, the number one prospect they got
0: there. Well, uh, J.P. Crawford is no longer their number one prospect. He's actually been moved down. Oh, what happened? He has not been able to hit in AAA. Uh-huh. He did really well in AA and got caught up to AAA in the middle of last year. Okay. And then never really got it going. Everybody kind of thought, all right, well, he got caught up in the middle of the year. It'll take a little bit. It'll be fine next year. And next year is here and is almost halfway over for the minor leagues. And it's still not better. He's, he's still – he'll still be good. He's still really young. Uh, but they have a couple other guys. Dylan Cousins is a big name that um, most – Philly people have probably heard thrown around now. Uh, He hasn't really been getting a ton of love up until uh, he started really killing the ball in Triple A. But it's a weird, the the predicament I was talking about is a weird spot they're in where you have guys like Cesar Hernandez who plays second base, you have Freddy Galvis who's actually starting to get it together. He's very inconsistent, but Hopefully, can get it together a little more, um, and it comes into a question. You also have guys in the outfield that are they're earning their keep. The bats aren't necessarily terrible; they're not great by any means, um, but they're not like you know they're probably on a scale of one to five, five being the best. They're probably a two and a half, a
1: little below average,
0: but. Any the- a
1: question that pertains to the Phillies? Yeah. Do they have a guy?
0: Provide some pop. Yeah, probably cousins, but who do you, who do you send down for him? I mean, you know better than I. Yeah, I mean that's that's the question. You know, Aaron Altair is playing right field right now and he's killing the ball. Cousins isn't really a center fielder, so you can't move really anybody into center field to take over for a Herrera and Howie Kendrick's coming back and and should be good. He was good before he got hurt. Do you try
1: one of
0: these uh, Kyle Schwarber, let teach you a new position thing? You might be able to. I mean, that's the one thing that the Phillies, I think, are, are very afraid of getting burned on because they tried doing that the opposite of, well, I was going to say, maybe moving to first base. But Tommy Joseph's coming on a little bit. But you, the Phillies are getting back on the original point. They're, they had a guy named Darren Ruff who, because Ryan Howard was – playing okay when he first got back from his Achilles injury. Uh, They wanted to develop him into an outfielder instead of a first baseman. And it kind of shook his confidence. He did fine in AAA, but he never really established himself in the majors. And and I think they're definitely afraid of that in, in a Dom Brown type of situation, where you bring these guys up too early and they get just their confidence shaken I mean, Dominic Brown had a couple good years in him, but it wasn't sustainable. And I I think they're afraid of that. I don't think there's a reason to be afraid. But I I still think you keep him down for a little bit. And then in July and August is when you really start pulling him up. Uh, You don't really want on June 1st to be really shuffling the majors and the minors. Uh, Get closer to the 40-man roster or or maybe even just wait until September 1st for the call-ups. To really start messing around with that. Because also, then you might have to send some players through waivers or designate them for, for through assignment,
2: um, which
0: can get messy. But
1: I yeah, think. It, it, it comes down to do you trust the minor league system enough to develop him? You know? I
0: think you do at this point. I mean, that's been their plan. I think the big question, though, is really the pitching. Uh, the main, the starters really have not been anything to write home about. None of the will extremely confident. Some do at times. Uh, Vince Velasquez being a, a pretty prime example. Uh, Nola looked good off his first start in Pittsburgh, that game last week that they really just couldn't get the bats going, and he loses a 2-1 game to Chad Cool. But, I mean, the bullpen starting to maybe come around. I'm not sure. Joaquin Benoit approved of Pete McCannon calling a clubhouse meeting, so... I mean, they're, they're just in a weird spot, and I think they get out of the rough patch and, and start to right the ship a little bit, um, I mean, this, this series might be a real wake-up call against Miami, where if you really can't get it going, uh, what do you want to do in terms of the fills themselves? But, I mean, I, I think it's not a blow it all up or start really tinkering around type of situation. Yeah, no, I hear you, and... and Moving on from pitchers here a little bit. Do you think
1: that the league in general uh, is getting away from the the long
0: ball? Yeah, it's a weird. You're it's a weird spot they're in. There's some talks of whether or not the balls are being juiced or were they, and now they're not juiced. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily getting away from it, but I, I think that you explain that to
1: me. Was balls being juiced? They're saying that they made them lighter.
0: I, it's hard to explain like ball what balls like what I'm saying balls a lot um, uh, what it is of whether or not it's the core they're using they basically making them lighter um, and thus making the ball easier to hit out um, but the major league baseball doesn't necessarily define if they are or aren't doing it um, if they're basically tweaking with it but Either way, everybody's using the same baseballs, so it doesn't really make a huge difference in terms of one team getting a competitive advantage over another. But going back to your question, I think a big thing we've seen is the Royals win the World Series with a small ball team. The Cubs got close one year and then got swept by a great pitching team who then loses to this great hitting team. Uh, small ball team two years ago on the Royals and the Mets with a good pitching team. And then the Cubs barely come out of the world series with this great lineup and pitching that stuff was able to stick together, but almost loses to this team comprised of great starting staff and a great bullpen and granted a great lineup. Don't get me wrong. The Indians have had a great lineup last year and it's, it's doing the job right now. But I think, you're starting to see that make a ripple onto the league. And I don't know if it's necessarily shying away from a long ball, but small balls being more appreciated, I think, is what we're seeing.
1: Yeah, no, and, and that's, a, that's a great point and great argument. And, and you really don't see the big power hitters like you used to, you know. Um, you know, you think of the big guys in the league now, and, and, you know, like Mike Trout, you know, would he be considered a big guy?
0: i would consider him more of a, like a five-tool player who can hit the long hit. ball. Like, yeah. that's,
1: that's what I'm saying. You know, I feel like
0: even Poolhouse isn't like a big guy anymore.
1: He's getting more five-tool yeah. five numbers. He's not even close to a five-tool player. Right, and you're talking about you know guys are leaning down, guys are going for speed, and and like you said, playing more small ball and less long ball, and and you're not seeing a lot of
2: fielder's and Ortizes and howard's and you know you're not seeing a lot of those run run guys yeah well, that's a that's an
0: interesting argument uh we could do that another day of really continue that out so i think we Listen, bring it up bring it up next time with
1: Maddie, see what he thinks.
0: yeah it's, it's a good question good question for matt uh matt if you're listening leave a comment as well as to you the fans leave comments like share subscribe all that good stuff but let's move on greg Fan favorite segment, the stadium snacks. Do you got one for me?
1: Uh, no. I mean, outside of the.
2: You know,
1: they have. What, what's the big thing they have in uh, Chase Eden that everyone loves? Or or the new City Field, like Tasty Burger or some sort of uh, ideal burger place?
0: Oh, yeah. Stevie G, Stevie G talked about that. I, uh,
1: yeah. I have not
0: been to City Field yet. I need to make a trip up there.
1: So I was just in New York City this weekend, and uh, I didn't get to a game or anything, but you yeah, that was definitely the talk in the rage of, uh, I asked one cab driver what a stadium's, what a what a good uh, meal to have in, in a stadium, and he mentioned this burner place. So, um, but for me, yeah, nothing crazy.
0: Okay, all right. Well, for me, mine is the exact opposite. Mine is a drink. It's also a meal that the Tampa Bay Rays are selling. Since we're starting to get into the warm weather, might be eating outside a little more. Might be going to a lot more brunches. Uh, some people I know like to go to brunch year-round, but I feel like outdoor brunch is the way to go, at least in my my opinion. And this drink might serve well if it comes outside of the trap, which it should, because the trap's a fucking shithole. Uh, but it's called the bloody brunt, the brunch bloody Mary. And it is their signature cocktail in Tampa Bay. It's a Bloody Mary served in a mason jar with, get this, Greg, a sausage link that's wrapped in bacon. I want to assume it's a soft-boiled egg. That would be really tough to put together if that's a hard-boiled egg.
2: A (laughs) mini Eggo
0: waffle, a chicken nugget, another mini Eggo waffle, and two donuts on top of it
1: with a celery stick.
0: Wow. Yeah. You got, put, some, you
1: got some fried food in there. You got some protein. Sounds like a hangover drink.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Bloody Mary is usually, yeah, you know, it's the like the hair of the dog, if you will, but this is uh,
1: getting yeah, you to curb that hangover,
0: go right back in and, and establish a nice little base. Yeah, a whole new level.
1: This is taking it to a whole new level. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's something I might need to try. My, my dad has done the calculations before of, how cheap it is to go to Tampa Bay for a game. He During the World Series when the Phillies played them, he figured out it was cheaper to go to Tampa Bay and, and buying a round-trip plane ticket, a hotel room, and a ticket to the game. And it was cheaper than just driving to South Philadelphia and going to a game.
1: Um, wow, that's... Uh...
0: Yeah, I, I mean, don't, the, the demand... I don't,
1: know, I don't know if that's good for Philly or bad for
0: Tampa Bay. I think it's bad for... Uh, probably both. Uh, the Phillies... When the Phillies are good, it's tough to get a ticket. When they're bad, it's it's not impossible, but it's very doable. Uh, but Tampa Bay, I mean, the trap is infamous for being tough to fill, even when they're. I think even when they're in the uh, in the playoffs, just like with the uh, Ottawa Senators. But we'll uh, we'll get there. I got I do have a bleacher creature though, uh, Greg. You mentioned Chris Sale's return to Chicago. There's a GoFundMe. That Chicago fans have started for Chris Sale, or really for the White Sox, to wear against Chris Sale of uh, their throwback uniforms. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh,
1: that'd be awesome. Yeah, would be,
0: be pretty. Great. It'd be pretty funny.
2: That'd be like
0: the ultimate trail job. Yeah, it's a it's a GoFundMe. Uh, actually, it's on Change.org which makes that even funnier that it's change.org
1: that's awesome yeah. um, that's that's great that, listen, that was awesome that's great I love that bleacher creature. I wanted to be surprised by it I'm glad that uh, that's my that's my honest to God in moment reaction
0: that Greg Greg was giving me some unsavory threats when I told him do you want to hear it when we were pre-show
1: no it's good to be surprised yeah like, uh, it makes you work too because you gotta describe it more
0: yeah that's awesome.
1: So, for those who don't know, Jordan, do you want to inform what the throwback with
0: Chris Sale means? Yeah, so last year, the White Sox wore these, and you can kind of see where, where Sale is coming from, but a little just general sports lesson. Uh, most sports back in the day were very properly dressed, and you see this still in golf, where you, know, you wear the golf shirt with a collar. Back in the day, golfers actually wore jacket and tie, um... Soccer players used to have collars on their shirt. Now they have a kind of high collar. Uh, But so do baseball teams. They, I mean, basically, if you you really think about a baseball jersey, the uniform itself, it kind of looks like a suit. You're wearing a belt. They used to have collars, as did these Chicago White Sox jerseys that we're going to wear last year. And Sale was scheduled to start in one of these games and didn't like the jersey. So he cut the collar off. And the White Sox and Major League Baseball suspended him for a game because he tampered with a jersey. Uh, so,
2: so, quick interjection here. Yeah. He, he didn't
1: want to wear the jersey because he felt that it would make his – it would hinder his performance.
0: Yeah, it would, it would impede his pitching motion.
1: Right. Um, so he went in the clubhouse and cut it, so – he, there is no option
0: for him to wear it. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't wear it. It was, I, I don't think it, they ever showed like an image of the jersey. Uh, but it, it, I mean, he cut it up. It didn't. He wasn't in uniform. The uh the white version of it, which is probably what they would have worn at home. The cop the collar itself is blue, so it would be pretty obvious, like Chris Sale standing next to one of his teammates, that he doesn't look similar. Um. I don't know the full. I forget the full reasoning and rules and whatnot, and nor do, do I really, you know, care whether or not he cuts his collar. But uh, I think because he tampered with the jersey, that's you know within it's a finable offense. I mean, a lot of things that you do to mess with a jersey, even putting pine tar on your helmet, are finable offenses. But I think that's it was obviously suspendable because he was suspended from his. He was sat for that start and then was suspended for one game, so his next start, um, which yeah. just a weird scenario.
1: Yeah, and his message was simple. You know, if if your organization cares more about ticket sales than actually winning a game, it wasn't something that he wanted to be a, a part of. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's tough because at the end of the day... People gotta remember, you know, it's all about money in every every aspect in every organization, every you know every phase of, of professional sports. Um, you know, it's all about revenue and bringing in money and that's why they, players players hold out and, and cause lockouts
2: through it. So Yeah. Um, you
1: know, was, as as things, you know where, where it's good to see someone take a stand for what they for believe some, in Yeah, for something that's not money, you know, it's good for people. I mean, I think the fans enjoyed it uh, at the same time. It was 50-50. Some people were saying he was a big baby, and other people were saying, you know, good for him for standing up, for, uh, you know, winning a game rather than making money.
0: Yeah, and in turn, the White Sox, I don't think this is why they traded him, but in turn, the White Sox decided, hey, let's uh, try to reload the system, and they traded him to the Red Sox. But this would be it would be interesting to see them actually do that. Uh, funny troll job, but you have a bleacher creature? No,
1: I mean, uh, there was, was a Philly Sparrow dove.
0: Yeah, you saw that?
1: Yeah, so oh. I, I thought, honestly I thought you were going up with that uh, and you could sort of describe it for those who didn't hear it, but it's always good, you know, you, you see a lot, especially when baseball is the only sport you, you, send this, you tend to see all the amazing uh, plays that that tends to happen in the stand when people dive for balls just because there's nothing else on. So people get uh, pretty excited with with uh, fans diving for balls and catching them. Um, and, you know, it just so happened this was one where the game kind of stopped, you know? People, yeah. even, the, even the hitter
0: turned around and looked. Yeah. So
1: Greg's alluding to the fan, I
2: uh,
0: fell the ball, where he basically hopped uh, like four seats to his right to make this. An unbelievable diving catch on a line drive foul ball. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he, I think he also dove a seat back, so basically a four by one dive. <laughs> and I mean, he's a he was also a rather big dude. He gives us us big men hope that we can one day get on ESPN with a sweet diving catch. But like you said, you know, it, it was enough to stop the game. Put out images on on Twitter, some GIFs and whatnot. Uh, it's a little, little too bad, Greg. They used to give out a glove for the fan that made a web gem in like the first six innings. Like the uh, Phillies did. Yeah, the Phillies did. They like it's some like shitty glove company that I'm sure went out of business, hence why they don't do it anymore. Um, but like, yeah, they give like they'd recap and they'd show like fan replays back in the day, and like in like the, the end of the sixth inning, they'd be like, oh, it's the whatever glove company catch, fan catch of the game, and then usually show some, like, usually somebody that would, like, be in, like, the second deck, uh, and, like, the first or third baseline, who would like, reach over and grab um, a couple were, like, that guy that was holding his kid and his baby and caught it in his beer if you remember that from, like, five years ago uh, that was one of those, or I'm sure it was, I forget when they stopped doing this, but, yeah, it was a pretty cool pretty cool thing but, let's, uh What were you saying? Uh, Yeah, I love it. Moving on. Moving on. We got some fucking crazy baseball players. For those of you who, at this point, you've probably seen it. But the Giants and the Nationals today have a little scruff. A little brawl, Greg.
1: A little old-fashioned old-school baseball.
0: Yeah. Literally Uh, old-school. We got... Bryce Harper getting tossed at by Hunter Strickland. He was hit. hit. Yeah, he was hit. Hunter Strickland is a reliever on the San Francisco Giants. For those that that may not remember this, but
2: three seasons ago, the
0: Giants and the uh, Nationals played each other, which the Giants ultimately ended up winning the series. As You might remember they won the World Series that year. But not without a little damage by... Brycey boy, as he hit not one, but two homers off of Hunter Strickland, Greg. That's it. That Going into today's game, that was his lifetime line against Strickland. Two for two. So Strickland harbored a grudge, to say the least. He throws his pitch square on the middle of Bryce Harper's hip. Harper's having none of it. He takes one step towards towards first base. They both mouth something to each other. Harper tosses his bat, sprints at the mound, tries to throw his helmet at Strickland, and basically throws it into the ground. And comes, throws a couple swings. He misses both. Strickland, I think, landed one. But all of a sudden, after this starts going, they only get two or three punches each, or two, two punches each, maybe three total. And all of a sudden, Jason Worth's trying to fly in from the from the dugout. And before he can, the first baseman, Michael Morse, comes flying in like uh, like a Troy Palamalu hit from back in the day, takes off, basically elbows Harper like, right in the back, and the benches are cleared, and um, Strickland had to be pulled away by three players. He's a 6'4, 220 reliever, and it took three guys, including Hunter Pence, to take him off. I couldn't catch who the other two were.
1: They both landed they both
0: landed face shots. Did they Harper's hit? I didn't realize his hit. I thought he missed both. No, he hit. He hit uh, he missed the first one,
2: and then he got hit in the face, and the second the second attempt from him, he got him. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, like you said, a good old good old fashioned baseball fight, but it's one of those it's like an extension of an unwritten rule, because it, it's, you see it when they hit a whore, a big floor off of you, and maybe the next time you face them, they're going to get plunked. But, I mean, I don't know why you just didn't get an out. I mean, you're winning here's, the game, and Here's my gripe.
1: Here's my gripe, Jordy. Yeah. Statue of Limitations. Yeah, exactly. Why, like, it was three years ago. What the shit are you doing? Seriously, get over
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> get it Oh my God, like, I was like, I was trying to come up with some sort of short-term memory, long-term memory type of deal um, to make to make some type of joke, but, I, like, it's stupid. Like, I don't get it. It's, uh Just get over it. And you're winning the game currently, and you won that series three years ago. It's not like Harper Hill walk-off bomb on you and you got sent down to the minors for two years. This is your first being back. Like...
1: I don't know. Dude, it's it's uh it's
0: bad. Yeah, Harper is probably going to get suspended. I'd imagine uh, Strickland does too. Because uh, Harper really didn't need to, to do anything. He he's known for being a little little feisty, but that was. I mean, he was pissed. Uh, no, and you're right. It, it's it's
1: it's a combo, you know. It's it's why are you hitting someone three years later. And on the other hand. Bryce, you're a superstar in, in, in the league. You have to expect to get
0: hit. Yeah. You know? Especially, like, he comes off for the last couple of years of the whole make baseball fun again. There's that yeah. video that's going around of him, like, at a kid's baseball clinic saying no participation trophies. Like, you're running your mouth off. You're having a nice a nice year after having a not-so-nice year last year. Like, you have to expect that that some people are going to try to get chippy with you to get you to
1: react, and now you're going to miss. I mean, maybe five games because of it. Yeah, it's silly. It's it's silly, and and honestly, if you watch it, it, it looked like both guys were, were hoping for the team to to You know, because when you see when you see someone tries the mound, they, everyone else gets in pretty quick. Yeah. But in this highlight, Buster Posey it, stood there. Yeah, for those who haven't seen it, like Buster Posey, the catcher for the Giants,
0: didn't go after him. Like he just stood at one plate. The infield guys took them a little bit to get in there. Uh, yeah, they landed it, two hits each. Like
1: yeah, and even took the Nationals guys. They they both took four or five swings plus a helmet throw. Like you know,
0: the I umpire is the first one
1: to. Yeah, I guess Bryce Harper's that bad. Yeah, the umpire is the first one on the mound. But I guess Bryce Harper's not that bad. I mean, I don't know. It's It seems like one of those things where both of them were sort of expecting their teammates to come in before they got
0: some shots off. And yeah. Then once they realized they could start throwing some real kind of punches, which you don't see. Because uh, most of the time when people charge them out, it's just a big match and let's jump around. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. There were some hits. I mean, on not just hits. the punches. People are flying in. Yeah. I don't know if it's because you waited or what it is, but, like... It got intense quick.
1: And it's not like I mean it's not like they're huge rivals, are they?
0: I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think that's I don't think they have played each other in the playoffs since the I think in fifteen. I think that that's when the Nationals fell apart at the very end and Papelbon and and Harper fight. Uh, Sixteen. I don't think they faced each other last. No, I don't. I don't even think the no. They didn't play each other last year. I don't think because the Giants lost to the Giants beat the Mets and lost to the Cubs. Yeah, so they wouldn't have played the the Nationals and the because the yeah the Nationals lost to the Dodgers. Yeah, so they haven't played each other since that series, and then they only play each other two more times every single year. So yeah, I, I wouldn't call them rivals. No,
1: yeah, but and it's so weird. It makes it even more weird. But, yeah. Uh, let's move on here. What's the next
0: topic? So we're gonna shift gears to we mentioned the Stanley Cup final. Greg, let's uh, let's get your preview Stanley Cup Final. Let's
1: do NBA first.
0: You want to do NBA first? All right, NBA Finals starting Thursday on ABC. Cavs Warriors round three. Greg, what do you think?
1: Uh, I think if if we're being honest, mm-hmm. I think it's not going to live up to the hype.
0: Yeah, I'm really afraid that it's going to be because even last year, when you think about it, Game Seven was really the only good game.
1: Like there was the NBA, a bunch of blowouts. Yeah, and the NBA is going to have a, a problem with it because you know, everybody talks about lack of parity and and you know they're trying to hype up this series to the max, but quite frankly, you, you're talking about taking the, one of the best scorers in the game today and adding them to a team that take out the dream on Green suspension should have won. won yeah. You know, uh, they should have won that series. So it's it's one of those things where I think I really think uh, Golden State's going to have an easier go of things this time around.
0: Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I I kind of want to see the Cavs win just because the Warriors are so stacked, but I, I don't know how they get it done. I mean they're. There's so many different matches that they can that they can pull. I mean, the one thing they have going for him is that Kyrie loves to play against Steph. And I mean, who else do you got in 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 that book? I mean, you have LeBron obviously, but I mean, Kyle Korver is he guarding Clay Thompson? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I think Kyrie, I think Kyrie covers Klay so that he can save his energy for the offense. Uh-huh. And then that means that someone like Jr. or who knows is gonna have to cover Steph, um, which is a scary thought. Yeah. But you know, I think the yeah the Cavs defense is gonna be put to the test a little bit, and you know, I the playoffs we've seen already this year have been 130 and 100, you know, it's been high scoring, so I wouldn't be surprised if something similar happens uh, for all these games. Um, but like you said, you know, I, I, along with a lot of people, um, on the one hand, want to root against Golden State just because of, uh, everything that Durant and the super team stands for. Yeah. But on the other hand, from a personal standpoint, I am not a fan of LeBron. And I don't know if I want to root for him to win yet again.
0: Yeah, so it's an interesting predicament. I uh, was with a lot of Clevelanders this weekend. Shout out to uh, Mike O'Brien. Happy bachelor party, buddy. But they, they were watching the replays of the finals from last year. They had it going on an iPad when we were all playing poker. And a lot of that Jordan LeBron talk coming up, one of my friends who is not from Cleveland was enticing the conversation as well. But It's one of those things where you're just torn. I'm not as big of a LeBron hater since he came back to Cleveland. I think that kind of redeemed him a little bit in my eyes, but I'm not a lover of the guy, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm picking the Warriors probably in six. I think LeBron could probably win two games on his own, but, I mean, it's – I'd love to see it go seven, but I think it's gonna be a bunch of blowouts like last year and Listen,
1: I don't wanna I don't wanna say six, I think i want to say, six, going to say five.
0: You're going gonna say five? Yeah, I mean that's not a bad pick either.
1: Is this although although Cleveland at the queue, is this a two three
0: one? Uh yeah, it's two three one or no, it's two two one one one. They changed oh, that a couple they changed that a couple years ago. It used to be two three two. Alright, so
1: it's not two
0: three two? Yeah, it used to be.
1: Okay. When they uh
0: when the Celtics and Paul Pierce were battling Kobe. It was 2-3-2. I think they changed it because of that 2010 finals.
1: Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So, 2-3-2. Two, two. Yeah. So, the thing is that... Uh, all right. So, yeah. My, I have out with my five. Uh, Golden State wins first total,
0: right? Yeah. Absolutely. I'd say Cleveland win games th- wins game three. And then... Depending on how game four goes, you're either right at five or I'm right at six, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's
1: going five, but it's tough because I really don't – I really don't want to agree for LeBron. I pull out a little for this super team,
0: so I'm all torn up. Yep, but we'll see how that goes. It starts Thursday, as we talked about. Uh, the one thing I did actually want to point out, which I think is absolute horseshit, the finals go game one Thursday, game two Sunday, and then game three Wednesday – and then game four is Friday. And then again, they have two days off in between game four and five and game five and six. Which, Like, what the shit? Like, why aren't you doing every other night? Like, I could get two days off between, like, game two and three when you're traveling, especially because you're going across the country. But come on.
1: They're trying to
0: max it up. All right, let's move on to a sport here. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do Stanley Cup. We're in the second intermission. The Preds. Scored on themselves at the end of the first period after we gave you that 2 nothing update. So they moved in 3 nothing into the second. Then they scored on their own power play, and they got close a couple other times. So, I mean, two-goal lead going into the third. On the road, not the worst thing. Uh, I did pick before the show Preds and six. I'm going to stick with that, If the, even if this game holds
2: true. Craig, what about you? So...
1: As previously mentioned, uh, I'm watching my two cousins in the high school lacrosse national championship. They're playing the Hill Academy, which is actually out of Ontario, Jordy.
0: Oh, uh, all right.
1: Um, yeah, so I'm not, I wasn't watching the game. I watched the first period, and uh, the Preds were all over the, the Penguins and had, a, had the first goal of the game, but it got called back due um, to the offside rule, which you and I can talk about later after we've done our predictions. But um, it's one of those things where. The whole world is ready for Nashville because of the story of how great it would be and how awesome uh, it would be. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to repeat, but you know Pittsburgh one of those teams, man, where they got a lot of talent. Yep. Um, and they have not one but two Stanley Cup goalies on their roster. So if one's not playing well, they can just rotate and plug in the other one, um, which is what happened during this playoffs and last playoffs. Um, both both times two seasons in a row so um, it's tough to it's tough to bet against Pittsburgh but obviously
0: I'm rooting rooting hard for Nashville um, simply because I want to see it I don't know if you saw but there was an E60 on P.K. Subban this weekend I want to watch that I was on flying back today that was a good
1: Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, so there's there's things floating around as to why sorry, unprofessional there. There's some things unprofessional. There's some things floating around as to why Montreal trade in. Yeah. One of the big things um, was that PK made a ten million dollar donation to a hospital in Montreal and didn't include the Canadians, so it's just the P.K. Subban wing, nothing to do with Canadians at all. Oh. Uh, yeah, so the, apparently the Canadians were a little pissed about that. and uh, Another thing was that Michelle Therrien, the, the old coach for the Canadians, didn't like P.K., um, which Michelle Therrien obviously has since been fired. Yeah. Uh, but I remember you know, there, the point is I uh, was never a Subban fan simply because... The Boris canadians robbery is bigger than the Yankee Red Sox robbery, so it would be like me rooting for Jeter. Yeah. Uh, um, but now that PK has moved on to a different team, I can see the value and see why people love him, and st- the things are starting to turn for me with him. So I'm rooting for them. Uh, and as we talked about in our first NHL preview, the bluffs, yeah, I said it's hard to win a cup without a stud defenseman. And the Penguins don't have that guy.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: so in the and the Predators are full of them. So it's been a long-winded answer, and for me to get to this point, I know I didn't give prediction like you did, super easy. But uh, I wanted to give the the listeners and you specifically a chance to understand where my thought process is. Sure. Ultimately, I think Pittsburgh gets it done in seven, and I think it's an unbelievable run. I think we're going to – I would love a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. and yeah. That's why I'm being selfish in picking that. But I'm rooting, I'm rooting, rooting, rooting,
0: rooting for Preds 6 so they can lift the cup on home ice. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, uh, As you astutely called me out while we – I was talking about the start of the Western Conference Finals on a previous pod. I picked the winner of that no matter who won over the winner of the East, no matter who won. And I've stuck with it. Uh, but I do think Nashville can get this done. You hit the nail on the head. They got a lot of stud defensemen. I think they're a lot more dynamic than Pittsburgh is. I think they can match up with Malkin and Crosby pretty well. I want to. I want to see a, a fuller highlight of this because we were going back and forth as the offside that got the goal called off, which is really, really just picking. You know, just really nitpicking the the call. Um, But Emily, my uh, lovely girlfriend, has been watching the game at her parents' house in Harrisburg and said that completely changed the mood of the game, uh, hence the 3-0 lead at the end of the first period. But my my big thing of of picking Nashville
1: is the dynamic.
0: I also think Rene is – he's on a tear right now in terms of
2: how well he's been in net. You hold up a great Blackhawks team.
0: To basically nothing. They didn't score a goal for the first two games in Chicago. And you, Most
1: people had the Blackhawks
0: winning it all. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you would asked me at the beginning of the playoffs, I texted my cousins that live in Chicago. You know, I think they're primed. They came back before the series even started, saying they didn't look too good down the stretch. But I mean, that's all. You can also just chalk that up to the, the last few games going in. The Penguins didn't look very good going into the playoffs. From their last 10 games, also Flyers twice,
2: a couple other teams. Uh, I think they were 5-5 five and five in their last 10 going in. So,
0: I mean, it's not necessarily the worst indicator. And Rene shut down that Blackhawks team. He did really well in the second round against the Blues, which, I mean, I think that's a little bit of an easier series win than the Blackhawks It did, of course, go longer. Uh, but then he played well against a really good Anaheim team, who I think also would have matched up against the Penguins really well. Um, a little more, that's that's a little more bang-bang offenses going up against each other versus one of the better offenses in the league in Pittsburgh versus one of the better defenses in the league in Nashville. But the reason why I'm going in six is kind of like what you were talking about. Uh, six would be on home ice for the Preds. And the, the big thing that Nashville has going for them is that they're nearly impossible to be in Nashville. And to say it goes seven would either be saying they just trade blows until game seven, winning on home ice, much like the Penguins did in Crosby's first cup win, um, which is possible. Uh, I'd personally like to see them one out on the road, which is why I ultimately said six. But I also think winning game seven in Pittsburgh against a team that's that seasoned, like Pittsburgh, might be where you fall short. So I think if it does go seven, I, I would make a you know, single game wager on Pittsburgh. But I think Nashville has the tools to win game two. I think on
1: Pittsburgh's ice, and then just close it out at home and hoist the cup. So it's funny we have so much thoughts, and it's funny you're you're picking with your heart, and I'm picking with my, uh, with my brain.
0: Yeah, I really hate the Penguins. I picked them to win the East. But I, ugh, I cannot see cross Crosby with the cup. <laughs> Listen again, uh, you know, uh,
1: I think my brain and if it, like I said, I agree. If it goes seven, I don't, I'm not sure they you can. Know, I'm not sure that Nashville can get it done on the road in Pittsburgh. But, um, I'm, 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 I'm a fanboy rooting for Nashville in six. But it's tough because in the end of the day, you know, Nashville's lost a couple of their big guns. Yeah. And everyone knows Mike Fisher. He's he's hurt. He's out. You know he's. He's in the lineup tonight. He started tonight. But I mean, he's like he's not 100. You know, he missed.
0: Yeah, I I was about to say I want to look at the highlights and, and see how he played. A couple other guys are missing. Um, but you're, yeah, you're right. They're they're missing a few dudes. And it it'll be interesting. The third period's about to start now. I'm excited. Once we wrap things up, to just. Kick back, watch this this play out, and uh, see how it goes. Yeah, no. So uh, I'm, going,
1: I'm going, I'm going, Golden State five, and going Pens and seven.
0: I'm gonna go Golden State and Preds both in six. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And then, uh, quick yeah. golf news. Roy I missing the Memorial this weekend, so I'm a little bummed about that.
1: That's always a fun tournament.
0: Uh, but that's a that's a quick golf update. But let's
1: wait, pre- wait. Time out.
0: Yeah.
1: You did a golf update and didn't mention Tiger Woods getting a Dewey this morning?
0: Uh, I didn't want to mention it. It <laughs> breaks my heart, Greg. I have the Tiger book that I've been reading. It makes me want to finish the book oh so much more because – it's, just, it's literally, Tiger wrote it with a ghostwriter, and it's like is talking to you about this week at the Masters in nineteen ninety seven and it's incredible. Like, when the moment that I've gotten to read it, um, I've been bummed, I've taken four flights since I bought the book, I've only been able to read it on one. One I was incredibly hungover for, so I couldn't read. The other, I read. <laughs> and then, to and from Charlotte, I had crying babies that... It was impossible to read with that going on, so I haven't really gotten as much time to read this book as I've wanted to, but it is incredible. If you can find this book at a Barnes and Noble, especially if you love Tiger, uh, it's definitely a good read, but I
1: mean that's, I think that's not that's not gloss over all the negatives about Tiger Two that people are doing recently here,
0: huh? Yeah, I mean the thing about I mean the thing about the DUI is I mean it's obviously pretty bad, but Like, Stephen A. Smith calling him a lost soul, like, Jesus, man, like, I know you're Mr. Hot Take, but that's, I mean, he hasn't been, it's not like he was doing great, and then all of a sudden this derailed him. Like, he said earlier this last week, oh, I haven't felt this great in years,
1: which some people took as he's back, and other people said, oh, did he tweet that from bed? Um, In other words, he he had not started his day. Uh, But, I mean... I got the joke. I just didn't want to laugh. Sorry. Oh, thanks. Really, uh,
0: <laughs> really, really boosted my self-confidence there. Well,
1: listen, it's tough because, you know, you're talking about a guy who, you done know, she does life with many, many, many women. You're talking about a guy who...
0: Yeah, I mean, he he's already done a lot to become the lost soul.
1: He, treated, you, he, treated, he treated some women not so great, and he left two kids without a father. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's still involved, but...
0: Yeah, he I mean, sees his kids a good amount.
1: But he... I'm saying, you know, it's it's now his now it, now his kids are growing up in a divorced household, and it's a tough scenario to beat.
0: I'll tell you.
1: Listen, I was a huge Tiger fan before everything went down, just like everyone else. And, yeah. You know, Tiger's great, and and or he was great, and he had this squeaky clean record, and everyone everyone was all on board, and then the whole social social media thing hit, and. It goes back to the intimate argument. Like if if Jordan grew up in a time with social media, he probably would have been vilified, like Tiger has been recently. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah, uh, I agree. It's it's definitely a a shitty predicament to be in, but he already put himself pretty far into the into the self dug grave, if you want to call it that. Um, but I think, I mean, it's almost the icing on the cake today.
1: The mugshot is uh it's not a it's not a fun sight to see. No. No, and and it's uh you know on a personal level, you know, I think that the game of the sport of golf could use tiger or a tiger like figure to emerge, you know, we thought we would have had it with Rory, but he slowed down. We thought we would have had it with speed, but he slowed down. It just goes to show you when consistent and how great and dominant Tiger was for all those years. I mean, yeah. the, game of, the sport of golf is great now because you know there are so many studs and superstars and young guys who are really, um, you know, taking the, like Zach Johnson, doesn't you, know, um, you know, they're really, they're really, really this The sport is really starting to have some superstars, and the yeah. all But the fact that Tiger was able to do what he did. On the course for as long as he did is very impressive, but it's hard to overlook some of the off-the-course off the issues.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely not glossable, uh, if that if that's even a word. But I think, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, some guys, Rory got it together at the end of last year winning the FedEx Cup. Speed actually looked pretty good this weekend. But it's nice that like it's, it's good that there's a dominant force of a like, – this guy versus the field, like it was tiger versus the field, literally every time he put a ball in the tee. Yeah. Um, but it's nice that you have a number of different dudes that at any major, you actually have to look at if you really like golf, that is that you can look into the, you have to really look into the course, look into who plays, who plays well on that type of course and really get into the nitty gritty of it where even if you're just a casual PGA fan, but you like to play golf, that's something that we're, that golf, amongst so many other sports, because of the different the different courses that you get thrown at every week, there's something to appreciate as just a casual player that because you can kind of get like, oh, I've had something like that shot before um, versus like baseball. like You don't know what it's like to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. But kind of to your point, and this is something that you know, we as hockey fans too could ar- can argue about of outdoor games and what how much is too much of how do you draw in new fans and keep it sustainable. And that's something that Tiger was at least able to do for that, you know, twelve year run that he had.
1: Yeah, and, and without going any further, because this is a baseball podcast and class, but like yeah, I agree with everything you just said and that sort of dominance is very rarely seen in sports and it, I, uh, you know, we were young for most of it, or some yeah. of it, I should say, but, you know, and they say players or, or or athletes and images like that come along only so often, and I think we saw one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let's wrap things up, bring it back to baseball. We'll do a quick pre- preview of uh, of the week ahead. Matt and I should be back next Monday to give you guys a heads up uh, as we are, we have a friend's wedding in Rhode Island. So we probably will not be in the best shape to do a podcast on Sunday. So look out for it. Monday night, drop it into Tuesday next week. But
1: an in-person podcast would be great.
0: We could possibly do that. He's in the wedding, so it's tough to do like one during like during the day before the wedding. Uh, day after might also be tough. Granted, we could just drive together, uh, but that's no internet, so that's a little tough. But let's uh, let's well, that's, that's discussable off, off air. But looking at the week ahead, uh, a lot of these series started today with Memorial Day. But I'm gonna go for a weekday series for you guys to keep an eye out for. I'm gonna go with the the Houston Astros and your AL Central leading Minnesota Twins. Uh, <sighs> Obviously, the Twins got shelled today by the by the Stros, but I think that's still it's an important series because it kind of gives Minnesota a litmus test of whether or not you're real, and it's a pretty good one because they're at least at home. Um, I'm not sure who started today for them in the 16-8 loss, but it'll be interesting to see how they rebound with such a young team. Yeah, no, and and
1: like you said, are the Twins for real? And I feel like they had a similar start, was it last year or two years ago? It was two years ago. Yeah, and uh, fell off sort of all-star break and after, so it'd be hard-pressed, interesting to see what, you know, where they go for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think that's a good series to watch. Uh, Chris Sale, um, probably, so this podcast was coming on Wednesday morning or Tuesday night late, so... Christian will be uh, that night, so hopefully... Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. What? It's Monday night. Drop it in tomorrow morning. Tuesday morning. Sorry, I thought it was Tuesday. Yeah, no, so uh, hopefully people get to hear it before him, but to watch that start, which should be a good one. Yeah,
0: that should be interesting. I don't think that's on national TV, which is unfortunate. Uh, you You got L.A. and St. Louis on ESPN on Tuesday night, and then another potential fight out in San Francisco as Jeff Samarcha, the former tight receiver, and Gio Gonzalez, who I don't think played another sport, face off in the uh, continuing Giants-Nationals series. But, looking at the weekend, I'm going to go with a series to keep an eye out for as your Boston Red Sox, breaks against those Baltimore Orioles, two teams that, like we talked about, in a good length tonight of need to sort of get it together. Um, it's in Baltimore. Right now, the, the pitcher for the Orioles is currently undecided in terms of the the projections. So they haven't announced anything. You know, they're going through a lot of stuff with, with their rotation. We got Porcello on the mound Friday night. Um, so that'll be interesting to see of, of how that goes. Um, the other one to look out for, as always, and it's the Sunday night game. Is uh, Chicago and St. Louis. So that's definitely one to keep an eye out for. That's at Wrigley Field.
1: Yeah, no, Jordy, you know, Wrigley Field is great at night. And obviously, uh, Machado and all that stuff, uh, you know, with the Red Sox and Orioles is, is, you know, we'll see if anything, any fireworks, especially with the recent hitting and all that stuff going on here. But we'll see if any of those fireworks are rekindled. Um,. But yeah, it's, it's 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 been a long podcast for those who are listening, and I'm glad you stuck to the end. Yeah. Go ahead, you want to give out the social media tags here so that uh, we all know. And say them slowly because I've uh, every time you do it, you say it too fast. I can't I can't write it down.
0: Well, I'll do it slow, and I'll also get it on the front end for those that don't stick around. But I like, but um, before I do that, I like doing the the supersized pods with you, Greg. It's always a special treat to have you on, and uh, you know I always appreciate it.
1: Listen, these are a blast. You make it a lot of fun. Um, you know these these are great. You do great, Matty, Obviously, Matt. I like listening to him as well. Um, and you know this pod, the bullpen cart, certainly keeping my interest not only in baseball but around the league. Uh, certainly. Certainly keeps my uh, my knowledge. You know, you help you help me you help my knowledge around the water cooler. Uh, so it's, and that's it's a blast. The, goal. That's the goal. It's a blast joining and and uh, you know you you guys are both knowledgeable. And like I said, I tested you a couple times tonight. And you passed. Um, you didn't pick up on one thing, but I'm gonna go ahead and chalk that one up to you were distracted by the NHL playoffs, which is the Stanley Cup final, I should say, which is good. Good to uh, a good thing to be distracted by, so I'm not going to hold that one against you. So, uh,
2: two for two in the tests.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad to uh, pass some fine colors, but like Greg said, please go find us on social media. We are Thunderblog Sports on both Facebook and Instagram, and then our Twitter handle is ThunderBLG. Like Thunderblog, but no O at the end. So go give us a follow, a little like, share the know our posts, our podcasts on Facebook, on Twitter, give it a retweet. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we've been getting a lot of great feedback, so please let us know what you like, what you want to see.
1: What you, Jordan, think you I have can a little, I have a little. I have a little challenge for you. Okay. Social okay. media. Guru here, and as someone who follows Thunderblog and ThunderBLG, um, maybe start posting some of the bleacher creatures, or start posting some of the snacks, like pictures of it.
0: Yeah, I tried doing that a week ago with the Chickle, If you remember that, the uh, 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 the chicken sandwich that uses a pickle as a bun. I wrote a blog post on it on the Thunderblog, um, which is ThunderblogSports.com, but. Yeah, I've started to incorporate that a little more. Sometimes my job gets a little too busy, so I just save it for later. But that's actually a pretty good idea, to uh, to tweet it out
2: and.
1: Yeah, no, and 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 again, you probably have to get some like licensing and all that stuff. But you know, the the social media stuff is great, and and you do a really good job with it. Um, But sometimes I yeah,
0: there's some holes.
1: No, no, not holes. I just want to see some of the bleacher videos. You
0: know. Yeah, no, no, that's a good call. And this okay. is what I'm talking about, you know? If you And if you do, I'm talking to both you, Greg, and to the fans, have Witcher Creature Stadium Snack, please DM it to us, uh, tag us right on the uh, the various sites, and we'll give you a little retweet or repost and give you credit. So that's always good. But I'm going to wrap things up here, Greg.
2: For the Thunderblog
0: and the whole pen card, I am Jordy Cannell with my boy, Greg Piatelli. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Have a good night.